welcome to Luther's world of cryptids, ghosts, and the unexplained. If you're into strange things that fly above us in the skies, or creepy things that go bump in the night, then you have come to the right place. Much like cryptid creatures or folklore tales, they all have a home here, and so do you in Luther's world. <laughs> Welcome, my pretties, to chapter 7. We're going to start with, I never thought it would happen to me, real stories told by those who experienced the event. In our first tale, we hear from Kylan King, and she's going to tell us about a very magical card. So, uh, I was told to say AEW Superstar, Kylan King. AW Superstar. Uh, my second experience um, it was when I was a lot younger. I was probably six, maybe seven. Uh, my great-grandmother had just passed away and before she passed, the last thing she sent me in the mail was this Christmas card that played this Christmas carol. And so after she passed, like I held onto the card and I would always open it, like I would always put it under my pillow, open it up so the music would play, and then I would fall asleep to the card playing in my ear, and it just brought me a lot of comfort. And then, of course, you know, uh, those things only have so much battery life, so because I kept doing that, the card eventually died and wouldn't play the song anymore. And I was really, really sad, so I took the card and I put it in my drawer, because um, it wasn't playing the song anymore. And then that next morning I woke up and the card was underneath my pillow and it was playing the song again. And I never told anybody in my family like about the card and how sad I was and where I put it. Like I just kind of kept it to myself so nobody knew. So the fact that it appeared and it was playing again, I felt like in that moment that was my great grandmother like just kind of coming in giving it like a little surge, putting it there and just letting me know like it's okay. Like I felt like it was a message from her to just give me one last comfort so I could like let go of the card and not be sad about it. It was, it was crazy because there's no way in hell anybody that knew about the card would have known and put it under there. So I just remember thinking like my great grandmother was here. She did that. Kylan, I think you're you're right. I think that was your great grandmother, and I think that she did come to you to comfort you, to tell you that everything would be all right. Next, we hear from the Mexican rock star Barry Morales as he tells us about the time he stopped at a cemetery in Colorado. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Barry Morales, professional wrestler, the Mexican rock star and I'm here to uh, to tell you one weird story it's around wrestling and cemeteries it's not a good combination I remember that day uh, 2015 Denver Colorado I remember well I, w I was driving with my with another guy on my side but I saw one cemetery and I thought that was a good idea to film one promo that I needed to do. So I stopped from the cemetery and I told to my friend, hey man, 
we need to record this promo let's calm down let's do it he was like no I don't want to do it man you know the story is about cemeteries it's crazy ah no man come on man should be fine no man I don't know yeah man let's do it okay by the way that was a raining day so we recorded the promo everything was good so let's go back to the car I got surprised because when I was on my way back to my car I felt and I'm not lying something pushed me inside the car maybe for eight feet long what how you can't explain me that I don't think so so you got the last word. See you later, my friends. Getting pushed up to eight feet by something that isn't there while in the cemetery, that tells me that there is a bunch of spirits that you disturbed and really pissed off, and they were just trying to help you move along. Now, we're going to go to your fan mail to your experiences, it's time for the paper trail. So, the first one for tonight. Man, your pod made me remember. A story I tried to forget. When I first moved into my new place, I was coming home and someone had put a vase or urn out on the curb. I looked in it and it had ashes or grit in there. It looked cool, so I brought it home. Famous last words, I'm sure. That night, of course, the first night. That night, weird shit started happening. The room I kept it in was always colder than the rest of the house. And the doorbell would ring at 3 a.m. with no one there. My brother came over and I was talking about how creepy shit was getting. And he said, no, you just need to talk to the spirit. They just want to talk. I started yelling at him to take the vase and let it haunt him if he wanted. And just then the phone rang, but there was just a sound of rushing wind on the line. The doorbell started going nuts, so I took the batteries out. I would be super freaked out. Like this is, uh, sounds like a really evil entity right off the bat. Later that night, I felt like a presence and I saw an elderly Chinese couple glaring at me from the end of the bed. It's time to move out. I took the vase and wrote a sign on it that said, free but haunted. Okay, that wins an award right there. That's awesome. And put it back on the curb. Someone picked it up and my house has been peaceful again. But I'm freaking out all over again now. Peter, thanks for the letter. That was awesome. Um, I don't know what I would have done if I saw that, that elderly Chinese couple. Anybody in my house glaring at me would be freaky. So that was a great letter. Thank you. This is QT Marshall with AEW and the Nightmare Factory. 
and I'm reading fan mail for Luther's World. This right here is from Matt from North Carolina. I was squirrel hunting with a girlfriend at the time. We were walking an old logging road. As we came around the corner of the road, I looked up on a ridge and saw something seven to seven and a half feet tall, with reddish brown hair and two legs take off running. What caught me off guard was how its head didn't bob up and down, and it ran like human does. It almost glided. We kept walking down the road and went into a field where there was an old home site, which is a flat spot, where there was still part of the chimney standing. I wanted to check it out, so I started walking to it. As I looked down and noticed the ground, didn't look right, and I moved a few leaves and found a huge footprint. You can see the toes in the general shape of the foot. I put my boot up next to it, I wear a size 13, and it was considerably larger than my foot. My dad has so much more happened to him lower on the same mountain. So much, he actually got featured in Finding Bigfoot. Thanks, Matt from North Carolina. I'm from a small town, Graniteville, South Carolina. Graniteville is an old mill town, also famous for the 2005 train derailment and chlorine spill. Back in the 1800s, the train would come through bringing in people instead of, well, whatever trains carry these days. One of the days a little boy was alone and really sick, with no ID, no family, and the people at the train station tried to care for him, but the boy ended up succumbing from whatever he had. They buried him at the very back of the town cemetery, the Graniteville Cemetery. Other notable people here include a witch, no name given. Anyways, people would come visit the little boy's grave, leave toys and trinkets. One night, some friends and I decided to go check this out. Occasionally, you can feel a cold spot, as if it's a small hand grabbing onto yours. Oof, spooky. Another time while there, we had a small group of three. And maybe the most terrifying but fascinating thing happened in my life. While there to see the little boy, we saw something float by, but thinking it was a bat or a bird, something in the distance. We looked further, and the figure took a woman's shape, going grave to grave as if she was placing flowers on each one. If we tried to get close, the figure would vanish, so we could only observe from a distance. I wish I had the photos of an ex-encounter but they're all on MySpace and gone forever, I think. I get it. The same cemetery as the little boy and the witch is also filled with old Civil War era graves. One night, we could hear the faint sound of drums, like a drummer boy. We never found out where it came from. This is from Billy J from Graniteville, South Carolina. If you have a story that you want to share on the show, Film yourself telling your tale, or write it out in full detail and email it to me at luthersworldmail at gmail.com, and we'll use it on a future chapter. What's going on, guys? Alan Angels of the Dark Order from AEW here, and you're watching Luther's World of Cryptids, Ghosts, and the Unexplained. It's time to hear from Alex Clark. It's time for... Strange things are afoot in the UK. Hello, Dr. Luther, and hello to everyone out there. My name is Occultari, and I am your friendly purveyor of the paranormal from here in the UK. And yes, it is time for Something Strange is Afoot in the UK. 
This week, I'm going to take you back to the tiny, nondescript town of Huthwaite in Nottinghamshire. We were there before for a pub called The Peacock, but this time it's a little bit different. It's called The Wood End Inn. It's probably a quarter of a mile away from The Peacock, so still very close to these ley lines that we talked about before. Uh, this was a pub I actually worked in when I was 16, 17. I had a job as a pot washer. Not exactly the most salubrious job, but you've got to make a living somehow. And uh, yeah, quite enjoyed the job most of the time. And at the time, I remember when I was 16, 17, online poker became a really big deal. Everybody seemed to be playing it. I remember getting my dad to teach me how to play, playing online a lot uh, and playing poker in the pub. Uh, once we'd kicked everybody out, uh, a lot of the staff would stay around, you know, and bet for pennies uh, and play against each other. And one night, it was me and the head chef, uh, Simon. Uh, the two of us were just, you know, playing poker. All was good. Betting like we normally do, just having a laugh after our shift. It was probably quite late. It was half 11, 12 o'clock-ish. Um, so we were sort of coming to the end of the game anyway. Um, and then all of a sudden I remember looking up from my cards and Simon had just gone white his jaw had dropped and he was looking at something behind me and I remember putting my cards down turning my head and then seeing what I can only describe as an old man or, or an older man sort of late 50s, mid 60s maybe at most um, he looked like a farmer um, in that sense very tall probably 6'3 something like that which for here is very tall and it looked like he was backlit uh, like he had sort of a golden glow coming from behind him uh, which was very strange but he didn't look happy let's put it that way I got the feeling he was very very angry and then he was gone he sort of lit the room up and then he was gone. And I remember turning back to Simon and him looking at me and he said to me, did you just see that? I nodded and then we just scarpered. We, we cleared the table, cleared everything we'd got, ran out the front door, locked up the pub and we were done. We ran into the car park to talk to each other and say, did you see the same thing? And he confirmed he'd also seen an old man who looked a bit like a farmer and seemed angry. So it did seem that we'd actually seen the same thing. Now, there'd been ghost stories around the pub before. People had said they'd seen things, usually near the kitchens uh, most of the time. Some of the barmaids had said things, but most of it was just sort of dismissed as hearsay. But when we were, came back to work, we started asking people what they'd seen and, and what these ghost stories revolved around. And one of the people that worked at the pub had been there for about 25 years. And she said that in her early days there, she'd heard that, unfortunately, an owner of the pub uh, previously, before it was a pub, because it was originally um, a mill house and a farm there, because um, it actually has a water wheel on the back. It runs at the back of a river. Uh, flowing water, bodies of water are also another thing that seemed to attract the paranormal at times. Another strange add-on um, but she said that somebody somewhere around sort of the 1950s 
had hung themselves inside the pub. Um, actually, sort of in one of what is now a corridor that the staff used. Um, and people had seen a man standing in that corridor uh, on quite a few different occasions over the years. Um, so maybe that was the man that was uh, in the pub that night. I don't know for sure, but I do know he did not seem happy and he was huge. Um, and he was very clear. You could see him very, very clearly, except for this golden backlight, which I've not really heard of before. Uh, if anybody has uh, seen any sort of apparition that has a, a golden glow to it, I'd, I'd like to know more. Um, you can DM me on Instagram, occultare underscore music. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening this week. I will be back with more tales of the paranormal with something strange as a foot in the UK. Today, on the cryptids of the world, we're going to go out to the Netherlands and we're going to hear about a cryptid from there called the Bulabak. The Bulabak. The Bulabak translated into English means bully. The Bulabak is a cryptid from Holland and some say it may have the head of a bull in the body of a man and then that's probably where it got its name it lives under bridges and in canals all around Holland and legend has it that it will lure people mostly children to the edge of a bridge um, and they do this by having glistening shiny stars from underneath the water and people who witness this go into an almost hypnotic like trance and when they get into this trance the bulabak will grab its big hook it has and snag them and pull them down within the water drowning them many many have reported hearing loud roaring sounds from within the darkness, under the bridges, all around Holland. A very true warning sign to stay away. So if you see bright lights, shiny stars under the water, or you hear loud roaring coming from the under the bridge that you happen to be on, my advice to you would be to run. Today's storyteller is Michelle Brandenburg. Michelle's going to tell us a little bit about the superstition of salt. Throughout human history, we have used omens and superstitions to ward off, protect, and control supernatural elements and explain paranormal activity. Cross-culturally, throughout all societies, these minor forms of ritual magic crop up again and again and again. I grew up in a superstitious household. Consciously or subconsciously, a variety of protection measures were bred into me. One of those was salt. You spill salt, you toss it over your left shoulder. Wards off bad luck. Why? Back in the day, salt was exceptionally valuable, often used as a form of currency. It's one of the building blocks of life. 
Even today, the global salt market is worth billions. By the year 2025, it is said that that market will be worth $32 billion US. It's valuable, but how does it keep me safe? Long ago, I accepted that if I spilled salt, I had to throw it over my shoulder. But I had to throw it over my left shoulder, which got me wondering, why? Throughout history, it has been said that angels or good spirits reside on the right side. Demons, devils come from the left. We see it throughout popular culture. Every cartoon has that moment where there's an angel on the left, a demon on the right. It is said by tossing the salt over your left shoulder, you can bind the demon so it doesn't follow you in your footsteps, wreaking havoc on those around you. Next up is the devil himself, Drexel. This is defining the unknown. Greetings and salivations. I'm Drexel, human horror show with a penchant for painful pleasures in life, and I'm here to defy the unknown on Luther's world. So let's get right to it. Today's word of the day, kids, is alien. Alien? Everyone knows what an alien is, but do you actually know the history of the term alien? See, alien originally came from the Latin word alienus, meaning belonging to another. And the original definition of alien was someone belonging to a foreign country or a foreign nation or something unfamiliar and disturbing or distasteful. See, the word alien wasn't used for extraterrestrials until right around 1929 when Science Wonder Story published Jack Williamson's story, The Alien Intelligence. And you would think that is where it all started and it got the ball rolling, but no, it didn't actually catch on. It wasn't until 1934 when Philip Barsowski released the story One Prehistoric Night, a story about Martians traveling to prehistoric Earth and battling dinosaurs. You know, Martians, pew, 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 they're shooting dinosaurs, dinosaurs, eating the Martians, all sorts of craziness. But in that story, Barsowski refers to Martians as aliens, and that's the actual start of being a catch-all term for all extraterrestrials coming from space down here. They're all aliens. But, I mean, if you were to actually meet one of our extraterrestrial friends and they came down, make sure and find out where they're from. Because calling them an alien, I mean, it's so generic. I mean, imagine walking up to a Plagiarin and then you call him a Venetian. So rude. If you are interested in staying at a Honda Hotel and you're going to be in Kansas, we bring you the Eldridge Hotel in Lawrence, Kansas. The Eldridge Hotel in Lawrence, Kansas. To stay at the Eldridge Hotel, it's going to run you about $139 to $289 a night. The Eldridge Hotel was built in 1855. It was the center of the anti-slavery crowd and the hotel was called the Free State Hotel. Well, a pro-slavery group came and burnt the hotel down in 1856. But that um, same year, they rebuilt the hotel back up. And this time, they called it the Eldridge House. In 1863, William Quantrill and his Confederate raiders, they attacked Lawrence, Kansas. They 
just the killing and looting and the burning down of buildings and the hotel was included in this and it was burnt down again but it was rebuilt in 1865 by Colonel Eldridge um, and this time it became the Eldridge house again and in 1970 it was turned into apartments and then in 1985 renovated back into its old glory becoming the Eldridge Hotel they say that the spirit of Colonel Eldridge himself still resides within the hotel. His spirit has been clearly seen and reported by the staff and guests alike. It's said that room 506, it's a uh, spirit portal of some sort. And this is also Colonel Eldridge's favorite room. Many strange reports have come from this room. Water bottles will just turn on their own and open up in the middle of the night. Um, guest bags will just start to shake like somebody's shaking them around. And breath marks will be left on the mirrors, clean mirrors. Cold spots of voices have also been heard during the night and lights will just turn themselves on and off. Much like a strobe light, I'm guessing. Down in the main lobby, candles will be lit and burning, yet none of the staff or no guests have lit them. Hmm. Down in the basement, within a storage room, sits Colonel Aldridge's favorite chair. A chair, it's been said, he still sits on to this day. As many people have reported seeing him, or I should say seeing his spirit, sitting in, just relaxing in his favorite chair. Up on the fifth floor, guests have said to have their covers slowly pulled off of them as they sleep in the middle of the night. And when they pull them back on, it will just happen again. Female spirits have been seen in empty rooms playing poker by the staff. Down in the ballroom, this one's been reported many, many times. People have seen the spirit of a woman just walking right in front of them and then simply disappearing. In the downstairs bar, if you look down at the far end of the bar, sometimes you may see a mysterious shadow man, as he's been seen many times downstairs. So if you're in Kansas, and you, I would say, look to stay at the Eldridge Hotel, but if you do stay there, don't forget to ask to stay in room 506 and hope for the best. I would love to thank my guests tonight, Kylan King and Vari Morales. To my readers, QT Marshall and my little brother, Serpentico. I'd like to thank Alan, number five, Angels of the Dark Order, for stopping by to say hi. To my storyteller, Michelle Brandenburg.
and most importantly to you. If you like the show, hit like, subscribe, follow, tell a friend, however you want to do it. We appreciate it. Let the chaos run strong and stay creepy.